What's the word? Tell me what you heard. What you that heard. info that we kicking it be louder than some herb. Word. word. Information, no telepathico. We gonna have to elevate your mind where you wanna Make go. Kiss Calhoun in the mix. Sideburns dropping all the beats. It's a hit. It's a hit. It's a podcast you don't really wanna miss. So sit back, relax. Let's talk for a bit. What's the word? Spitting out the game that you need. What's the word? Make it say yes indeed. What's the word? Something that you wouldn't believe. What's the word? The word is for you to receive. What's the word? 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 I say tune in live, cause we up in the mix and you know we have some topics that we have to reach. What's the word? 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 I say tune in live, cause we up in the mix and we have a few topics that we have to reach. What's the word? 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 What up, everybody? This is your girl, Kiss Calhoun, and I'm back in the building for another episode of What's the Word? You heard me. I'm going to start saying that as my intro now. But as always, I'm being joined by the one and only, the legendary Mr. D. John. And in the, I'm going to let you talk, but in as a, as a special guest today, we've been joined today by... The What's the Words theme song uh, creator, Nate, uh, I was about to say navigator, but I meant <laughs> <laughs> innovator, Mr. L. Spitter. What up, what up, what up? All right. How y'all doing out there, people? Uh, it's going to be a good episode, so. Oh, let me let D join. Shout y'all out. My bad. <laughs> I guess I'm not here this week since we have a special guest. So I'm going to just put my shades on. It's in the background. But well, what's up, you. everybody? Uh, we are back for another week. It's exciting to have our feature artist <laughs> on this episode. Special guest. It's going to be a good one, as always. Let's be here. As always. So let's get it right. Start it. Get it popping, yeah. So, today's episode is being dedicated to those people who have withstand the test of time and gotten out of their situations as far as anything that's going on in their personal life. This one is dedicated to the people who are still standing, persevering, and doing what they need to do to get by in life, no matter how bad circumstances may be for them. So, let's get it popping. How valuable are friends and families in relationships? And when we talk about relationships, we mean the family relationship, the family dynamic. Um, how important does every role have to play so we're gonna let you go how important how valuable is family in your life well i'm gonna tell you this like having family is supposed to be a foundation rooted and from from the beginning of time it always been togetherness happiness and just being there for one another being there for one another and just like raising being raised in the village you know what i'm saying because you know, it definitely take a village to raise. The- absolutely, absolutely. 
So, like, through every, like, every obstacle I face in life, my family always been there, you know what I'm saying? And I met family along the way that were uh, categorized as, like, we call friends and all that stuff. But I don't look at it as friends because after the testimony and all that stuff that I went through and I seen my friends go through and I've been there for them, it became more like family. And it was like a separated bond that was way, way, like, overdue to the reunion, mm-hmm. a family reunion that <laughs> I have never seen in my entire life right. before. Right. I mean, family is definitely important. I don't care. My biggest pet peeve mm-hmm. on Facebook is when people say, even if it's family or friends, you got to cut them off, you know? Cut them nah, off, cut them like, off. You can't, you don't, one thing you don't get to do is choose your family. Right. So right. you can't cut everybody off just because you feel like, oh, they're not supporting or they're mm-hmm. not doing mm-hmm. this. Maybe it's something that you have to show them to believe it because a lot of people are skeptical. Mm-hmm. I cause I remember, I'm glad, I'm mm-hmm. just glad that my mama never gave on up on us. Right, we've been right. doing we've been doing this radio show and you know older people are like, you know, this not a real job. Mm-hmm. But my mom always motivated me in a sense of saying, keep going. If you say you my biggest thing she always say, girl, my child got some high dream. Like I dream high. And, and she you have big all, expectations. Big you expectations. Know she always would say that. She said, I can't wait till y'all make me some money because I know it's gonna come. And it's gonna manifest. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's gonna manifest because you gotta keep adding, keep being consistent. Mm-hmm. But sometimes family don't believe everything you're doing because we what they see you doing, they see you as just Doing doing a hobby, they don't yep. see your precision and your persistence on doing a hobby. Right, right. So, family is very important in everything you do. If I wouldn't have had family, I probably would have dropped out of school. Mm-hmm. I would have dropped out of college. I would have stopped doing this a long time ago if I didn't have family that believed that this could be the next big thing. And what Even, I like, and what I do is like, uh, I constantly like tell them. Like, all right, I'm, I'm making sure that they see what I do, right? Setting the platform so they can see the vision and believe everything that I say because I'm the one, I'm the author of the story, and I am also the director. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I have to make sure that everybody see and be aware so they can be like, oh, he's really doing it. Right. And that's when they step in and they be like, um, what do what we have to do? What do we have to do? And I say, I. Thought you never ask. <laughs> and I want to go back yep. on to like what you said about um, not being able to choose family. And some it, and some um, issues and things like that, you can choose families. Um, I just want to like pinpoint as for like, you know, LGBTQ um, mm-hmm. individuals, especially like younger children that are finding their ways of, you know, being different from other people. And it's like when they're shunned from one family, you know, they're able to choose another family because they, you know, in a sense, they really don't have any choice but for somebody else to, you know, kind of step in and give them that love that And it'd be accepted with welcome on. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, that, but this is the thing. That is true. That mm-hmm. is should be a way. But like I said, everything in life that we're going through, a lot of people, humans don't understand the change because nobody tell us Oh, this is a change. We learn this stuff as we go. Day like you day. learn to be a parent as you go. People and a teacher. And a teacher. People assume that women got it all together because they're mothers and they're supposed to be natural nurturers. 
but they don't know, especially like you said, a gay child coming into the mix or just a drug dealer child or a prostitute child. Sometimes that's hard for a parent to uh, grab, cope, with, it. cope yeah. with because they be like, some parents think that they did things wrong. That's why. So you can't just simply always want to cut your family out because they don't understand your lifestyle. They don't understand your motives or the jobs you want to go through and stuff. Let me be honest. My, my last show, I said how weed influenced me, mm-hmm. and weed is my my go-to thing that helped me out in my darkest times. My mama can't stand weed. My mama don't like the fact that I smoke weed, but she wow. still don't judge me based off of now. She might say, oh, I just can't. I can smell that from the door. Oh, you need to go. Y'all need to find y'all somewhere else to smoke. But she's not going to judge me because I'm smoking. I think that's the outcome. When a parent sees that their children is doing something out of the normal, what they would do. Right, right. And they can still accept the fact that they're going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Don't belittle or put the child down for doing something that you wouldn't do because it's not you. Right. Now, eventually, like I said, you're going to, they're going to have ignorant family members that are going to just be ignorant every time you see them. But you still can't cut them off. You just love them from a distance. And that's right, what right. I do with a lot of my family. Because I have vivid v- dreams about beating some of my family up because they aggravate. Who are you telling? And you know I was saying? like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I, like, I get. Like I get what you're saying. Like you do have to love people from a distance. Um, but it's like you gotta learn. You gotta learn. Yeah, it's like you just have to like certain things and certain issues. It's like you just have to go with the flow with some stuff. Like you're not gonna always, you know, get along with somebody, or somebody's not gonna always um, get along with you or agree with you. Just like you say with the thing about you, you know, my supporting what we did. You know, that's how my grandmother was. My mom was like, that's who they would listen like. We was in the game for 10 years. Yeah, we was. In, oh, Lord. She, they would like literally listen all every week. Call in. Call in. I don't know how many times I had to answer his mama or uh, his grandma. Yeah, um, I want to voice my opinion about what y'all was talking earlier about Mm -hmm. in the show. And really call in. My family members was calling in, like cousins was like, oh, I didn't know you do this. I'm supporting it now because you doing it. I didn't think you was really serious until they had to call in and was like, oh, they really doing it. You know, they like, oh, whatever you need me to do, I'm going to do it. And the first person that discovered my talent, you know, was my brother, my right hand man, my ace in the hole. Shout out to the tourists out there. You hear me? Supporting the cancers when we go through the hardest time of depression, feeling sad, mad, all that shit. We go, oh, you curse on here, right? We go, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) So it happened in, um, like when we was in middle school, you know what I'm saying? I was going to uh, Peter's right down Tulane and Broad, you know what I'm saying? The uh, jailhouse for students. (laughs) But he um, recognized my talent, and he was like, I never knew you rap or just have, like, a flow of poetry in you. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'll just be in my spell time just writing. So he encouraged me to uh, keep on going, keep on going forward. And then eventually my mom found out, and when she found out, 
She would just say, just put your mind to it and just apply and just keep on going, baby. Just keep on going. And, you know? And, and I've been around when Elle mm-hmm. won awards and stuff like that. And his mom came and was like, I already knew you was going to win. I already believed in you. And I already knew what you <laughs> was capable of doing. What for a good, a good story we could tell about is when uh, Suno had his um, talent, like, show. talent show. Yeah. And y'all don't understand. If y'all would have been there, y'all would have saw like... Like, really? Mind you, we got there late. Everybody was there, performed, and other artists was performing. And um, L killed the show. I really was thinking that they wasn't going to let you win. It was was a last moment. He performed... I'm so high. No, Whoa, we like the, the party. We like the party. And you only had a certain time to to do it. it and was, we like the party was like a five minute song. Yeah, down there four minutes, five minutes. You know, that was a full song. And yeah, and they cut his song, right? Like the host cut his song. He was like, cut it because he going over the time. And, and what happened? And, Greatness happened. And L was like. Um, it was, a, it was guy. a guy with a bush. He he looked like a dweeb. Yeah, I'm gonna he call him a dweeb. He now nah, he was tall. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yes, he was there. We took a picture with him, <laughs> but but we ain't talking about him. We talking about the host. The host was just an asshole. He was cutting people stuff off, Short. and he started it late. And it was like, what you cutting for? There's not really many artists here that's performing. So. Why are you cutting their songs? But when they cut L's song off, because he thought it was over. And the part of, we like the party. If you want to listen to it, we're going to put the link mm-hmm. so y'all can listen to it after, you know. When we put it on, it's a part in the episode. Uh, how, how, tell them how it went. So basically, go ahead. I'm going to let you happened. tell your own story. You after, after I had was going into, I did the first verse, and now I went into the hook. Right after when that hook went off, he cut me off, cut me short. And I was just standing in because front of him. Because the hook goes, we like the party. And it just, we like, like the, the party. And so it's, it just, we like the, so he thinking it's over. And so he cut your song. And then what happened? I just came in that thing and said, fuck, I must have blacked out. Did I just pass out? How did it in my house? Who the fuck are you? Well, I'm a fucking car keys. Who got the wallet? Oh, uh, 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 shit, y'all. It was in my pocket. I'm a, and it went similar like that. So that whole crowd had a big old reaction. And was like, well, damn. <laughs> and let's, let's not. <laughs> The mention that the DJ hyped it up because shout after out to the, DJ Mizzle, you know, because yep. after they cut the song, he just got on his pad and just started playing freestyling with the beat. beat. Like, that sounded like that was a good time. What? Oh, when was that? This oh, was wow. in 2017. Yes, talent show 2017, and he was like boom, cat, boom, 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 mm-hmm. cat, and then <laughs> L went acapella based off of the thing. And then kept that temple. all of mind you, we came deep. We came deep. And then mind you, all of our people are hype. So when he did that, all of our people jumped on stage with him, hyping the crowd up. And that's when the whole crowd got involved. Got involved. Mm-hmm. And he finished that shit and won the talent show. Out of One everybody. out of everybody who came, mind you, they had some fire other artists there. Which they did, um, that performed and that came deep. 
but they didn't steal a crowd like L did. And I think that's what made it fun to be there and for you to win. And I'm just glad I was able to experience that in that the was early a beginning. A big experience. And um and then definitely like uh like my brother always said, everybody that's close around me, they said you uh you have a big charisma. You have big charisma and energy. And like it just it just travels so far. You can go so far in this world with that type of energy. And you really can. You mm-hmm. really can. And that's why I said, like, that's why family and friends are important. Because had it not been for your friends and family that night, being mm-hmm. hype, being supportive of the song, knowing the song, hype, hype you up, got you hype. Right, right. You wouldn't have won. Mm-hmm. And not to discredit, like, any of the artists that have done it without, you know, family. Because you do have... A lot of artists that, you know, have made a big name for themselves, not with any family and friends um, support. But it's just always good to have that support, you know. And don't like, get it, it twisted. It's better. When it's I better heard, like, way. when they didn't have, like, certain people supporting different artists, they had a guy that played on the guitar, remember? Mm-hmm. He played on the guitar, and he was sounding good on the guitar, but he yeah. kept stopping. He kept stopping because he kept uh, forgetting riffs right. and stuff like that and we just hyped him we, up and just to, just to give him encouragement to keep going you know what i'm saying keep pushing through it may look hard right now that obstacles may look tough but you can just get through it and keep going you gotta still stand on your 10 toes keep standing you gotta do everything you gotta do to mm-hmm. get it to where you want to be even if you don't have family support like an example of me not having family support I played softball. Oh, that was wow. my only sport I ever played. I never knew. And I was a beast. Mm. Okay? I was a beast. So you was the pitcher or you was the I was the, the catcher. Oh, the- oh, I was a good catcher, but I was an even gooder batter. Oh, wow. Like, I was the only one who could... I never saw you bad. And, and that's sad because oh, you're my friend got, we got, we and... We got to go to you a never bat game. Oh, I was not. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I just never remember her batting. Like, I'm so serious. I always saw her catch. I but at least I don't remember her bad. Oh, yeah, I'm better, 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 better. But that's what I'm saying. I didn't really have too many friends or family come to my games, so I was so good that other players, family members, was hyping me up. Right, right. Calling my name. All right, Dad. <laughs> like I had fans. I had a little girl. A little girl would come and grab my bat every time I would hit it. And she was like, this must be your favorite bat or something. So she wow. knew what bat I needed. She would, because see, with me being the catcher, I had to have my equipment on mm-hmm. and have it off at the same time. So if we probably went into the next, I shouldn't be trying to put my equipment on because I got to be back on the field to so, catch. They mm-hmm. had no other catcher but me. So when I would catch, I, ooh, I was a beast at that. I was... I can only imagine. I I, I could throw a a softball. Softball bigger than baseballs. Yeah, yeah. I was a good catcher. They might couldn't catch none of my balls, but I was humming them, and they was coming hard. They was coming hard. I was the only person on my team when we played against these two teams, De La Salle, Whoa. And Benjamin Franklin. Oh, Benjamin these Franklin. These two teams, <laughs> these two teams, these players was like cyborgs. They were already ready for these to yeah, play. Yeah, um, I could tell you about. We lost, we lost, but I was the only player on the team that was hitting the ball, that was 
Like could hit they ball Cause you know These These kids now They doing a real oh, Lord. They doing a real swing With the arm The regular teams they Like I thought they was no, doing it back then. No, they was. What I'm saying is the way they was doing it, they was doing it like that's how you supposed like the, to. The form they doing now, right? You know what I'm saying? No, okay. it's the same format that you post to throw, but other teams was just throwing it how they wanted to throw it. They wasn't oh, doing the fucking the whip. Yeah, they wasn't doing the <laughs> hand movement. So it was easier for us to play against other teams because we they didn't know what they was doing. That's why we was beating teams like Corn. We was beating teams mm-hmm. like Rod Wayne. We was beating because they was they didn't know how to throw it. Man, I was the, I was the only one that could do. I, I was the only one that could do and get the ball and get the job done. We might have had one point because I. Sacrifice myself, right. but allow the ball to be hit so somebody else could run. And I was, I had fans, I had family, but friends. And my brother only came to one of my games, mm. and he was like, "And you struck out." Like he was trying to make me feel bad because he came, and I was like, "But you ain't seen me the whole game. Like I was a beast the whole game. You came at the end of the game, so you don't even know what all I was doing. I had fans calling my name. At one point, I had to take my Kiss jersey. Who? Kiss Calhoun, Kiss Calhoun. Well, back in the day, I was going by my brother. <laughs> well, she was bomb, but she wasn't being called that, you know? Oh, my God. So we can talk about how important family and friends is all day, every day, because it is definitely important. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to mental health and black families, that's something that that, that needs to be looked at. That is why so many people commit suicide. So mm-hmm. many people are depressed on antidepressants, on anxiety medications when they coming up and on Ritalin because you know what I'm saying. <sighs> Goodness gracious! How important is family? How important is it for family members and friends to support loved ones that are suffering with mental health? And why don't majority of black families take mental health serious? I don't know. Like, well, I do know because I, I'm going to tell you myself, I've been through. Speak your story. I've been, I've been through a mental depression. And uh, it happened. It started in the tail end of 2017 when I was living the best life. I turned 27. Woo! I said it was the year of the motherfucking seven. <laughs> seven, July. 17th day. Well, it's the 27th club. Mm. And I thought I was on my way until I ran into a brick wall, y'all. So tell us, like, when you were 2017, what changed your life and started you into a downward spiral in your your career as an artist Mm -hmm. and as a personal? Well, I'm going to tell you this. You know how it is, like, um, I smoked a lot of weed, you know what I'm saying? And I used to reach heights of elevation, like, I knew everything in the world until I was sadly mistaken that I don't know it all, you know what I'm saying? I'm just as lost as pretty much everybody else in this world, and we all trying to come together like the motherfucking Power Rangers in this bitch, and just trying to connect, mm-hmm. build the motherfucking Zordon, we, we, the Zordon, the sewer, whatever. So... Troubly, like, you know, I was uh, forcing, like, I had 
hurting my brother, you know what I'm saying, like hurt his hurt his heart, you know, whatever, and it hurt my heart, and I shouldn't have never pushed the issue, and he wound up forgiving me, and I used to beat myself up, you know what I'm saying, like it's all my fault, it's all my fault, but by me having my brother by my side and my family, they stuck it through because they knew I was going through something. They just didn't know what was it, what it was, but they helped me get through. And then I remember you, Kiss. You you constantly stayed in my ear, being supportive and just telling me like everything is gonna be all right and everything is gonna come back to you like it never left. You know you just gotta keep on believing and pushing and everything is gonna come back to you. I was going through a hard time, especially throughout 2018. I was on antidepressants and everything. You know what I'm saying? I was like a fucking vegetable. A vegetable. Can you imagine that? Yeah. You know. Just I mean, I was around so I know how how you really change from being the L that we're talking to right now in this interview. Transformation, baby. Until Transformation. The Y'all don't understand <laughs> like if to see L spit up personally, you'll know his spirit and how happy go lucky he is and when he went through what he went through. Mm-hmm. It literally changed that person. It literally did. Like, yes, tell indeed. us like certain things that happened during that time that questioned family and friends that you kept around you. Mm-hmm. Like in 2017, you had roast. Yes. Everything was going good in the music. You were rapping. You Enjoy were winning awards. We were traveling. We were. You was getting hotels like it was nothing. Yes, indeed. Bottles yep. like it was nothing. <laughs> so when did it start for you that you realized that your life started to turn for a different? Well, I'm gonna tell you like. By, like, not having the conviction that I used to have. Like, I have all the conviction back now. Mm-hmm. But during that downfall, I lost my abilities. You know what I'm saying? Like, what made me so unique and authentic. And I got around the wrong people and got brainwashed and hip to what they do instead of paying attention to what I do. Like, my own brand and all that stuff. And I just let it slip away. It was just only temporary, though. It was just temporary. Every storm is temporary. So... What happened, you know, we uh, we were just like smoking and everything, smoking and everything. And I hear one of them say, oh, you smoking that dope? So I'm like, dope? And I just clicked out, spassed out, and I had so much adrenaline pumping, and I just didn't know what to do, and I just lost my fucking mind. So I had to slow down. Once I slowed down, I got out of that situation and went back to my family and my family felt like I was supposed to go to the hospital, so they registered me into the hospital, you know, just because they wasn't for sure, and they were scared, and I thought I was going to die in the hospital. I mm-hmm. felt like I was on some Kanye West. They got the opioids. <laughs> the opioids. <laughs> they trying to kill me, and that's how I felt. I felt like I was put in the Kanye West situation, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I wasn't not talking to nobody. They had me almost down there, butt naked, and I'm singing Boys and Men, Mama. That's Boys and Men? That Boys and Men? I was singing, Mama, you know I love you. Had my eyes closed, ain't want to talk to nobody. And then all the black people that came to me, I was like, You a queen, huh? You a queen. You my guardian angel. (laughs) 
I was doped up, y'all. I was on the medicine. They put me on the medicine. I was just, I just remember that moment like it was nothing. And it was like, he got a grip on his penis. He don't want to let his penis go. We're going to have to pry his hands loose. Sorry for the drool. They're going to have to pry his hands loose. And they put it all in the report. And I'm just sitting reading the report. And I say, oh, my God. I, I really did all that shit. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. So after that, and you finally got out of the hospital. Right. And you finally got a grip on what exactly did they diagnose you as oh well for them they diagnosed me with bipolar wow bipolar and i'm like at that time like you know i believed them mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and i'm like am i i'm questioning myself on am i really bipolar or maybe i just have a lot of personalities and they be talking to me like like the one i'm doing right now i'm like nigga nigga what the fuck you just did wrong and i'm like i don't fucking know i mean you tell me. Bitch, I'm with you if you tell me. And I'm like, oh. All right, all right, all right, all right. Calm down. The other motherfuckers just come up. Calm the fuck down, Al. So Take you, your time. So you basically went through an episode change. Yeah, yeah. And, and how did you, like, overcome that? Because, like, obviously, I seen the change, like... What day, what time frame, what, when did it occur to you that it was time for you to stop living in your, at, living with a sickness and let your sickness live with you? Oh, like, for, like, the change, like, how, yeah, like, how had it you... driven, like, well, for me, like, in uh, the tip top of uh, 2018, I realized that I was going off of what other people do and all that stuff. And I said, nah, that's not the way. You got to do it the way you yeah, always right, been right. doing. And you the only person that understand your language. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, the under- you the only person that understand. The other people just going to see it. You right. know what I'm saying? They're going to see it. I remember telling you, know? you, like, the only person that you, other people could see you. For who you are. For who you are. Right. But you can only, you never get to see it unless you look yourself in the mirror. And would they be saying that uh, a sheep and wolf clothing or something right. like that? All right. So, like, they had these sheeps and wolf clothing, clawed like a motherfucker, camouflaged like the motherfucking army. And they, they just, they got me. Took me out. Pow. All died on the spot. And then I was resurrected like Jesus Christ and walked on Hennessy water. And... <laughs> and I took my cognac. I'm just playing, but um, I had to, I had to save myself. I had the people. I felt like everybody that's close to me, that's real close to me, my immediate circle, family, they are my personal guardian angels, and they know I had to be protected. You know what I'm saying? And I had to find that strength and perseverance in myself again. You know what I'm saying? To continue the marathon, like. Rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. And uh, continue continue the marathon and keep going. You know what I'm saying? So I have a question. What's up? So, you you know, they did diagnose you as bipolar. bipolar. Mm-hmm. So how do you um, use that to your advantage almost? Because you are very funny. And <laughs> the first time I met, I can't remember when that was, but the very first time I met you. 2016. 2016, okay. yeah. <laughs> this, this, like, this personality today, it was just like... <laughs> and I was like, this dude, is, <laughs> this dude is crazy. But like, how do you use, you know, like, you know, saying, because, you know, um, I noticed that you say like, you just had like, you felt like you, these, 
different people inside your head. So like, how do yeah, you yeah. take that as your advantage? Um, how do you use that towards like, um, like moving forward and moving forward with it? Well, like, um, I took, I take it like this. Like, it's my own personal gift. You know what I'm saying? And I'm the person in this vessel that's supposed to wield my own unique power, and I'm not supposed to let anybody take that power from me. And I'm not supposed to abuse it. You know what I'm saying? Not abuse it. I'm supposed to use it to help people. And the people don't want to take the help, then I got to keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? So what I do with it now, like when they label me bipolar, it had me thinking I was bipolar. And don't get me wrong. Like, quote me if I'm wrong. Like bipolar, I just feel like that's just their own, the doctor just saying what it is, and but they don't really know what it is. Right. You know what I'm saying? So at that time, when they had me on the medicine and all that stuff, I actually believed it. So now I'm starting to act like a bipolar person, thinking like it's in my mind, and it was like an inner battle with myself. Right. Like light and dark battling each other inside my body. So I had to balance the two again, balance them again, and just come as one, and we got to stick at this one unit together. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm -hmm. And I was around that time, and I was like, L... I'm as long as you got a friend like me in your corner, you don't really have to worry about because the people he talking about that wearing sheep with clothing, you know how they tell you, you, you know how your mama tell you, don't trust certain people, Mm -hmm. and you don't listen because you like, she don't know them, I know them, they wouldn't do me that, they wouldn't do that to me. I feel like your mama knows, and they know best. I feel like that's woman intuition, and I have that because I am a woman, I'm gonna be a future mother. Eventually, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm going to be the pet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the pet. You, ne- you never know. You never know, right? You know? But um, now you made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> but still, like around that time, I was saying like, I don't trust these people. And around the same time, you was telling me you didn't trust certain people that I was hanging with. Right. But because we seen it from two different, different angles. Yeah, we were going. Like, we were going through the right? yeah, yeah perceptions. Perception. Like we were no that, the perception I think that's of the word. people. Like well, no, the y'all people seen it from different perspectives. perspectives yeah. Right. But um, he was telling me, uh, kiss, I don't like these people. I'm like, uh, I know I, I, I'm, I'm playing it smart. Like, right. I'm not being dumb. But I still was around and let them come around. Mm-hmm. And they thought they could use me and do all that kind of stuff. And just like he said, you have to be in control of your own self. Right. And when I started to feel like... I don't want to hang with these people. I don't want to ride in a car with these people. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be outside of no trap house with no people because at the end of the day, my life is more valuable to me than them. I was like, if nobody want to be here to mm-hmm. work, I'm going to take whoever want to work and I'm going to do my own thing and y'all figure it out. And then, and then you then know they, what type of atmosphere you want to be around. You and know after what I'm that, I saged my, my environment and they didn't come back again. I never seen them again. And that's why I was like, you know what? And now they asking for me. They want me to help out. But I'm like, I don't want to, my spirit to be conflicted because of the stuff that you choosing to do and having you around your life because right, that's right. not me. And if I allow it to be in my life, it'll consume me because then I'll become that. And I know I'm not that. Right. So that's why I said if it hadn't been for people like you telling me I don't try, like one time you pulled up with, I told you, know you the place to come and you was like, nah, I ain't gonna stay. I'm just that's trying to make. That's when we was uh, 
It was like by the by the lake. Yeah, the lake and you area. was like, no, I don't feel comfortable around this. But I'm let me know you safe. You safe, kids. You show I you safe. I kept checking. I you kept, want I you want to ride checking. with me? Like you like you want to ride? And I was like, I'm good. I, I'm trust me, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And I had to realize that I was good, but I wasn't good at the same time. Right, right. Being around people like that, and I don't have no bad will against those types of dudes or uh, females, but mm-hmm. I just know I couldn't. My spirit is completely different from them. And you can't I, be corrupted involved, by that. Right, they're involved in things that I'm not involved in. I, my record is spotless. Right. But you're not about to have me with y'all, and y'all got guns, drugs, and this, that, and the other. And around. that was the type of atmosphere I was in. Like nigga, all right. We I both, rather, we both are types of people. We're both those types of people that don't didn't grow up in that kind of atmosphere. So right. the way it affected you, it affected me, and then it affected us two different ways. Right. And, you know, I just could, I, I had to back away. And, like, once I seen it for myself and, and like, I see what the type of mind games they were playing, because I, I don't, don't get me wrong, like, I can play a game that somebody else can play. But yeah. I'm like... I two can want, play that two game. Two can play that. There you go. Two can play that motherfucking game. And I'm like, bitch, I should have been like that motherfucker right there. Bitch, who the fuck you playing with? Right. And show some authority. I want my motherfucking dignity. You know what I'm saying? Show me some respect when I'm in this motherfucker. You and know, like, you putting your respect on it. All trios, huh? All trios. <laughs> Shout out to Bernie. Respect it or check it, motherfucker. But, you know? but so, Dijon, like, mm-hmm. how was it for you as far as... You know, you openly gay man. Mm-hmm. You dealt with. We actually didn't we? No, we didn't talk about this in the show. We talked about it back in the day when we was on our older show. Right. Um, we talked about, and that actually was our best show. That show when we talked about kids being openly gay and how they accepted by family. Tell us your story about like how it was for you coming out as a as a you know opening gay man and how your family accepted it and embraced it because like you said some kids become gay and they have to venture out into other families and in your case you really didn't have to because you were embraced in a way that you thought you would have been rejected so just you know give us a little 401k about your life not too long because <laughs> we know we know you we know your story but just you know just spill on, on how how it was for you as a gay man. Like, a lot of you might have some fans listening that are sh- thinking their family are not going to support them, thinking they, if right. I come out, then my mom or my dad, because they got some men that are really say, I don't, I don't, if my son ever gay, and you don't realize that their sons are hearing them and then it's scaring mm-hmm. them to even come out even more. That's why you got people like Bruce Jenner waited till his mama was damn near dead to say he wanted to be a woman. You know Whoa, what I'm saying? Okay. But had, had it been in a, a, a relationship with mother and son, right. probably would have been a woman a long time ago. Right. You know what I'm saying? So just spill your tea on how, <laughs> you know, it was for you coming up and how you were embraced by your sexuality. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, um... I won't speak too much on it, <laughs> but um, I mean, I was just like any other, you know, kid finding their finding their um, themselves. Um, I knew at a very young age that I was different from everybody else. That I, you know, I was attracted to males, mm-hmm. but didn't. But he did date girls. Go ahead, spill that. 
Go ahead, before y'all wake Is this my life or Go yours? <laughs> I'm just trying to find out. But, mm-hmm. yes, that was the case because I was peer pressured and I was basically pressured into, you know, having to do that because a lot of people were, you know, saying those, you know, bad, evil things about me and, you know, just like other, you know, boys that go through that. Mm-hmm. So that was my alternative. That was my turnaround to the girls. But... I knew that I didn't like girls, but I only did it because of perception and the peer pressure of the world. So, right. um, I mean, eventually, you know, I did come out. You know, I thought it was going to be the worst thing in the world. I came out to two people, actually. Okay. At the same time, my mom and my grandmother. And it turned out... Both, both women who are... Prominent figures in his life. Strong role models. Strong role models. Yeah, you know. strong week. No, we didn't. A gang. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just in, I'm just injecting myself into saying the people that, if you didn't right. hear it last episode, he said that mm-hmm. how his mom and his grandmother played a pivotal role in his life. So they, their acceptance matters the most to him. So to me, that was the only two people that I was worrying about. I didn't really care about anybody else, like if they knew or not. Like if you knew, you knew. If you didn't, you didn't. Like it really didn't matter to me. But that was my piece. That was my, you know, calm to be like, these people know. Right. So it was, you know, it was, you know how that is. How oh, well, we already like, knew well, I'm gonna tell you this. and I'm, this and this. I'm you was about to cry and all. No, I did I wasn't I yeah, did cry. cry. I was crying like a baby. Like in front of them or like by yourself. Well, like, actually, no, because I actually sat down with my mama and we talked about it. And then I called my grandma. Right. So she was like, Why are you crying? And stuff like that and this and that. It was just like the whole thing. But it made me feel much better because, you know, that's like a weight off your shoulder, you know, like just Speak the truth. Confess, speaking your like, truth, speaking being your truth. you. So it's like, you know, for just anybody out there, you know, it's to me nowadays it is very it is very accepting than it was ten years ago. I'm gonna say that. They, they was on. It was like I came a, out. I came out ten years ago. Okay. So it's like oh nine. Yes, oh nine. My freshman year in college. When I yeah, it yeah, was college. yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, to me, it's just accept. It's more accepting now. Like I see, you know, kids nowadays. It's, it's just younger and younger. And it's like I saw this guy. He was just talking about um how. You know, his parents knew at a very young age, so they ex- right. they they accepted it. So they they basically prepared themselves for whatever turnout it was gonna be. And you know, actually, you know, they were right in this, you know, in a sense. But it was like they loved their child no matter what. So um, parents, cho- whoever's listening, like accept your children for who they are. If it's right. you know that you know if it's a, a mental illness or a, you know just whatever it is, accept your child for who they are because you only get one. And we see a lot of children taking their lives nowadays early due to things like oh, what we're talking about mental illness and being you know gay and stuff like that or whatever you know, it is. Whatever it is, like you, you know, know, we just have to accept our children for who they because are. Like, I'm going to tell you this. Like, uh, when I was a kid, it was uh, speculations, right? Mm -hmm. Because, like, the person, the type of kid I was, like, I was an energetic kid, and I attracted to everybody. You know what I'm saying? So they had some little kids, you know, like, I was a kid myself, and they, like, hit on me and all that stuff. Even, like, used to do butt taps and kisses. I'm like, I'm confused. What is going on here? (laughs) I'm fucking confused. What, What is this? 
Right. So like, and then I was like a fat kid. So like, a lot of um, girls at the time they would prefer like somebody that's Muscular like build and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. And I was like, I used to be feeling down about that. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I had to have a talk with my moms. And my mom said, just keep on being your unique self. You special. You know what I'm saying? And then when I talked to my grandma, who is deceased, you know what I'm saying, passed away in 2010, she used to always say, you're a superstar. Mm -hmm. You know, and your light is going to shine in the darkest times. Right. And you're going to manifest. You're going to grow into something great. Shout out to Kid Cuddy for the superstar. Mm-hmm. You are what you no, say. No, Lupe Fiasco. Ooh, wrong person. <laughs> <And> Lupe. <laughs> kick, Shout out. push. Kick, push. Shout out to... <laughs> so, like... Shout out to uh, Lupe. Sorry, wrong oh, person. <laughs> but the jump. I wasn't about to say every black person looks alike, but, hey, they both sound the same. But I had to make, like, it was always my decision on what I wanted. Right. You know what I'm saying? And just like how I had to talk with my mom, I was like, Ma, what I like? She's like, you love titties. I was like, hey, how, how you know I love titties? You suck my titty until you start nipping on my shit. And I was like, whoa, okay. So that's how, I, but that's true. Like certain parents know, parents know when their child going to either be straight or gay, Pansexual, bisexual, I don't know all y'all letters in y'all community, but I'm just they saying. They know before we know. They know before you know, and it's just they just wait for you. And that's why I'm saying when when D John finally came out, mm-hmm. you you saying you didn't care about if your friends knew, but you kinda did because you all your close and immediate well, yeah, friends. Y'all did know too he I else. told him, I actually told him when he finally came out, I told him, I said I've been new since elementary. That's how long we've been knowing each other. Right. I was like middle school, I mean. I knew since middle school, sixth grade. I knew. I was also about to fight people because they was playing with him. Right. But even in high school, that's why I said I don't like the word, sorry for the congregation, but the P word, mm-hmm. the P-U-N-K word, um. and uh F-A-G word. I'm mm. not going to say it because, you know, I ain't trying to get the, no strikes from the congregation. Oh, Lord. But <laughs> They're going to nuke the show. <laughs> <laughs> the LGBT AI going to be coming after me. Detectives going to be coming after me. But still, like when he finally did come out, he, I was like, I already knew. But I was mad that he didn't tell me. Like Direct. He he, t- he told me last. Everybody else knew. I'm like, I knew you the longest. You could have at least told me first. <laughs> like, I knew. And so I was like, I'm just glad that you finally get to come out. Because like I said, when I was creating this topic, I was like, had he not came out and embraced himself. Right. Other people that follow him or other people that are closely related to him comfortable now mm-hmm. and came out and then they living in their true self. And I'm just saying, one in particular, you know who I'm talking about. He is fierce because of it. And he is bold because of it. And he get the wear what he won't wear and still be looking bad, okay? Oh, Lord. So... Just that's how important family, friends are because 
You wouldn't get a Dijon if it hadn't have been for his family, his friends. You wouldn't get an Al Spitter if Dark. it would have been for your family and friends. You wouldn't have a Kiss Calhoun if it oh, wasn't for my family friends. and my friends. Like, uh, I got so many. I don't have a story. Like, y'all have a story. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really. I feel like I'm still going through it. Oh yeah, you know what I'm absolutely. Like, I think we all we all understand. Not saying time. going through it, but I'm talking about going, living through a life and the experience. Like, I don't have an experience to be like, yeah, I remember when I got shot 15 times and oh, overcame it and stuff. Never. But uh, you, you know, don't I really exist in my world. Right, but the only story I have, oh, I do. When I lost my my dad, like, yeah, I went through I a that. very dark time period where I was drinking a lot and I'm not a drinker. All my friends knew that I didn't do drinking or smoking. I didn't smoke, I didn't drink, so when my friends started seeing me drink a whole bottle by myself and be Nothing was wrong. Like I could drink a whole bottle of vodka and oh my god, and vodka. I, and I was and you know that's some you can't drink or I could drink tequila. I can't, I can't do the vodka. And it was like good. Like I was becoming a person that I was not. Right. And so they was like, "What's going on with you?" Like I don't really tell people what's going on in my life. I just go through it. You kept it personal. I keep it to myself. Right. So I don't really tell people unless they ask me. Like. You looking bad. What's going on with your health? What's going on? Because I was a person that kept myself up. He know. Like, I was a person that kept... You know. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, like, nails, <laughs> hell. You know. And once you start seeing me just look tore down, that's when you realize I was in a depressed, a depressed state. And it was because I had lost my dad. And that's a tough pill to swallow. It is, especially when you didn't have the connection to begin with and you was just getting a connection and he get diagnosed with cancer and the the cancer was, it was curable, but he tapped out of it. So he, like, they can't, you can't force a person who don't want treatment, but you still got to go through the motions with this person that don't want treatment and you got to watch this person deteriorate in front of your eyes. And I just wasn't used to that. So when my dad finally died, mm-hmm. I really was numb. I didn't know what was going on at that period of time. I just know I was drinking a lot and I was listening to a lot of music that put me back into that state. Like wow. I was drinking and they didn't know I, they know I don't drink. At all. And if you see me now, people, I might drink some wine. I might drink some alcohol. Okay, it's like, you know. But it's not the whole thing. It's not the whole thing. Like, I can't drink. I'll drink a beer, but I wouldn't drink the whole thing. Like, because I don't like the taste of alcohol. And I'm glad that I got out that depressant if it wasn't for friends and family. Because when I go through a depressed state, that I work a lot. Like, I'm... I put myself into a lot of work and I was stressing myself out, put myself into a lot of things that I I was a videographer, I was a photographer, I was traveling, I was and I was just around people that were doing all kinds of drugs. I wasn't partaking Same in them. Thing. But yeah, I was you know. because I was around it, I could always be tempted to do it. And I'm glad I got myself out of that. Cause now I'm cleansed. I'm clean. Cause that temptation I still is smoke a my weed, but I'm not a a, a big drinker. I'm mm. gonna smoke my weed and that be it. But it's so like still... we have to like like for me like 
when like once uh my grandma Bessie passed away, she was the the superwoman of the family. You dig? And uh, when she passed away, it uh made everybody emotional, and that's when like pieces, bits and pits. I can't even get it out. Anyway, bits and pieces. You know, my family started to uh, fall apart, and then recently my auntie Cheryl uh passed away May fourteenth of this year, and that was also my cousin uh Pierre's birthday. He passed away in March of this year, and he was only seventeen. Wow, sorry and, for those losses. And um. Uh, my whole family was just shook, you know what I'm saying? And they burnt and like it just trended all on that one day of May 14th. So I was like, damn, how do I feel about it? Like, I don't feel numb about it because I, I already accepted like this is going to happen continuously, you know what I'm saying? The only thing I just be asking God, like, to give you the strength to get through it, and make That's... sure my family it has the strength as well. Because when I talk to my cousin, my cousin, like he lost his dad five years ago, and he just lost his mother, and that's a tough burden. Like it was just real tough, and he's emotional. Like he's very like down right now. So I always be t- talking to him to uplift him and let him know that. It's only temporary. It's only temporary. And if you're listening to this and you share some of these stories with us, it's only temporary. And so that's why I want to go into why is it so hard for black families to seek mental health? Because, I mean, to seek therapy, my bad, to seek therapy when you're dealing with mental health because we we all talking about how we went through a depressed time. We went through this. We went through that. But we don't, no family in our community talks about the need to go sit down with a therapist and talk. Right. I'm just, I'm fortunate that I experienced therapy and got to talk with uh Matter of fact, I, t- I told y'all I didn't have a story, but I actually did. Okay. The reason why I don't like to drink is because my dad was a functional alcoholic. He could drink, and he got us into a real bad car accident where I had I to remember that. Yeah. save my brother's life, even though we wasn't really injured, but I got into a bad accident where my dad was under the influence. I had to see him go to jail for putting our lives in danger because he was under the influence. And then I had to deal with a lot of stuff as far as my dad not taking care of himself right. and having to get surgeries for this, surgery for this, because he want to drink, drink, drink his whole life away. Right. And so then fast forward and me becoming an alcoholic, you are your parent. So you tap into that. Right. My mental therapy was for my friends to tell my mama that's a, that's to tell what, me. That's what exactly where I was going to go to. Like, I ain't have to go to no motherfucking doctor. My family is the motherfucking doctors and everything I need in this motherfucking world. But when I was in that car accident, my mind, I became traumatized with cars. Like, I couldn't get in a car and drive nowhere because I was so scared to drive. Oh, to and did I mention during that 2017, it started June 6th. That's when it definitely had made a change in my life because my great nephew was being born. I right. got in a terrible car accident. Right. Wrecked, told my brother call, and that same day, I had to go to Oakland, California to do a show. Won it, by the way. I won the thing, and I was still functioning, and I was high shit because I got on the plane. I got to smoke something when I get on the plane. Not, not like my nerves don't be bad or nothing. Like, 
I just felt good just to, I was just like, oh, high vibes, high in the clouds. <laughs> I need some cloud provision in my motherfucking life. <laughs> so, and um, then after that accident, that's when the whole 360 just turned for, turned for that's me. That's the, the same thing for me. And my mom saw that I was having a, a tough time driving with certain people and driving the car. So I had... I had to sit down with a therapist and we talked about like why I don't like to drive and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it actually helped me. I don't like to drive fast. Right. But I could get in the car and drive. I could get like when I was a kid, this happened like I was six or seven when five or six when this happened. And I couldn't get in the car and drive. And then when I went to the therapist, I sat down, actually sat down with a therapist mm-hmm. and talked. It I, it got better for me. I could get in the right. car and drive without being having panic attacks or about to gotta basically close my eyes until we get there. Right, right. And all I would tell my mama like, "Who we driving with?" And I would I would tell a driver, "Please don't drive too fast." Like, right, right. I'm scared to drive fast, and if you ain't gonna take us consideration that I'm scared to drive fast, then I'm gonna tell my mama on you. I'm going to tell my mama. Tell your mama. <laughs> so, so, like I said, it's very, it's something we need to talk about. We need to have more, fa- not if you're going to, you don't have to always go seek a therapist. Right. But sometimes therapy could be uh Family, like group, a big family, family intervention. Yeah, you know what like I'm let's just talk. Let's put everything on the table. Why are you acting out in school, Tyrone? And then Tyrone <laughs> tell you, well, well, this whole time somebody been somebody bullying stole me. my milk carton and, and from all bullied. my tray, and, and, and I ain't do nothing. <laughs> and I wanted to drink my chocolate fucking milk. <laughs> this motherfuckers fuck with me every day, be when I swell on my life. When I get this motherfucker, <laughs> we gonna ATL stomp on that motherfucker. Sh- shout out <laughs> to uh, wait, what, what movie that yeah, is? Yeah, man, I'll try to do what, a little wait, bit. Wait, what movie? What movie? Pay the full. Yeah, pay the full. I was like, is that sound familiar? I already said Kid Cudi and Lupe Fiasco oh, got them Lord. mixed up, so I didn't want to get this one mixed up. But yeah, definitely, like it is very important to have those people in your life that's going to help you. You can have family talks. Like, mm-hmm. I know for me, every time I come home from school, I right. tell my mama my whole day, even if it was a bad Just day. running it, because that's and, your ace in the hole. She going to understand. And one time, I had a bad day. So, yeah. one time, I was, you know, I'm a clowner. I was making a joke using Martin Luther King's voice. I didn't know, because if you in school... You don't know Coretta Scott had just died. Nah. And so I'm making a That's joke. That's how I felt for B.I.G. When he passed away, I broke down into tears no, in the kitchen. No, My mom was like, But I was Whoa. making, no, I was making a joke using oh, Martin Luther King. Using Martin Luther King's voice. And I didn't know that his wife just died. Whoa. So my the bus driver, before I about to get off, she... Pull me to the side and try to scold me from the joke I made. But I wasn't making a joke you just, about him. I right. was making a joke using his voice. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, use his voice for a reference. Yeah, you know how you use Bernie Mac? What the fuck? 
Right. We in the motherfucker. We in the motherfucker. What's the word? So with this kiss cat. We in the motherfucker. You better take and respect the mama bitch. What? That that's pretty much what I was trying to do using. Uh, you know they spirits live through us. Oh, that lady scolded me and mm. told me, and you, you, how you black and this, and you making jokes and stuff, and his wife just passed. I was like, well, I didn't know. I didn't know. You didn't know. And we was just making a joke. We wasn't making a joke about him. We was right. using his voice, just talking like him. And like she got mad. And I it, that messed up my whole day because you only hear bits and parts of what we talking about. Right, right, right. So you took it upon yourself to scold somebody when you didn't know what we was talking about. And right. now you messed up my day. So I went home. I told my mama the whole story. Mm-hmm. Let long story short, she wasn't our bus driver no more. That we had a new bus driver because I was like, she was wrong for that. She first of all, she wasn't minding the business that paid her. Shout out to Nicole. Shout out, for, shout out for the, for the minding that business that pays you. She wasn't minding the business that paid her, like riding a school bus. She was all into a child's conversation and try to chastise somebody else's mm-hmm. child. And let's just say she was in my bus driver after that. Right. Because right. when you tell your parent. Oh, your and parents they parents. gonna take all the power in the world. I'm gonna get that mother. I'm gonna get that bitch. <laughs> Shout out to black mothers across the the world from from always supporting their black kids. moms. Ladder, they, I said ladder. Black Mad- moms matter for real. <laughs> <laughs> but before we close out this topic, because we could talk all day again about mm-hmm. these topics from the male's perspective, y'all too. Okay. Black men in mental health, the tough complex, having having to be hard all the time and not being able to show emotion. And what's ways uh, black families help cope with understanding mental health? And like I said, I think as far as the mental health situation, black families do that pretty good. Yeah, they like, do well. I don't see no other culture or race handle mental health the way... Black, Black families people, yeah. handle it, and just children in general, or how to raise families, and because I, man, do y'all know that when you come out gay in certain cultures, like India, you get executed. They kill they you. Kill you. Like if you India, male or female, they will kill you for That's being tragic, gay. You know Jamaica, they'll kill you for being gay. Uh, Asians, they'll disown you for being gay, or mm-hmm. uh, just. Anything that's deviant in the classes of their religion. Right. So it's pretty black families handle that. Because I don't know how we, we got at least one gay person in our family. Oh, we got one crackhead. We got mm-hmm. one thief. And all grandma was like, oh, he just got a little, he just a little sweet. But that's my baby. Come here. Come here, <laughs> Come give grandma some sugar. Or Girl, Tyrone in here, don't leave your porch because he's still now. He's still. But she still love him. But when Tyrone come in the house, all the dishes put up. You know, mm-hmm. like, where the spoons at? We got one spoon, Tyrone, one knife, and one fork. That's all we got. And right now I'm using the fork, so get you a spoon because you stills. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm pretty sure that black families handle this aspect pretty well. But as far as the tough complex, mm-hmm. Um, black men being told and taught that um, not like, to be soft. 
But I'm gonna not tell you to this, cry, like, not to I do learned, this. Like I learned something like from Eddie Griffin. You know what I'm saying? Eddie Griffin always said, "All right, you're a man. You got two balls. You gotta have one side for being the provider, and the other side had to be protection. You gotta balance them two together, and you don't have to be hard all the time. All the time, you gotta let some of that energy go. You can't have it have the bottle emotions. You know what I'm saying? See, I used to have that shit bottled up, and I used to be hurting myself on the inside. But when I released it, I felt better, you know what I'm saying? Especially around my family that cared about me, you know what I'm saying? I told them from the beginning to the end the same way multiple times, and they just kept on saying, it's all right. We here for you. You just got to handle your business and get back to your, just get back to your higher self, you know, higher self of, Whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It's just up there. Mm-hmm. Somewhere. I I personally do not like that tough complex that, uh, and well, black men are not to be, you know, soft or, you know, express feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw this something a while back, and I want to say it was um, an interview that Beyonce did with Vogue. Okay. And she talked about, like, how, you know, the, the challenges of raising a son. You know, she have twins, and one's a boy and one's a girl. So she basically, she was saying how she would not teach her son not to be able to show emotion and to cry and, you know, to, you know, just things like that. And it, it just really, like, you know, grinds my gears when I see uh, black uh, parents saying, like, you know, Stop crying or, yeah. you know, boys don't hug and all this shit happen. Like, no, like, to me, it's like we're setting our children up for failure when we, when, we, when we teach them these things. Because when they get older and then they, you know, are in relationships, right. they're not able to express themselves to their wives, you know, because they're so, just so hard on themselves and not being able to express how they truly feel. So I feel like we're, we're just setting our black young men up for failure when we do things like that. We need to stop doing that right. and let them express themselves. Let them cry. Let them express uh, yourself. Express yourself. Shit, nothing is wrong with it. <laughs> right. And that's true. Like, and But not only that, that created a whole culture full of men that's overly masculine. Like, and it makes it hard for me to find a partner because all the men are either too overly Mass tough men. or they extra soft. Fem. And there's nothing wrong with that, but because they so it's no balance, it makes it hard for an alpha woman to go with the alpha. Go with the flow yep. because they don't know, like we don't know, you know what I'm saying? And it just makes it hard for women to get the men that they need in life and like i'll be saying a lot on facebook well men men do a lot of feminine stuff on facebook now because they was raised a certain way like go straight to facebook and give their whole 401k about some life and i'm like dude like you should be vent to somebody other than social media vent to somebody closest to you right. where you could they get understand the, the understanding right they got so many men on social media that just tell their whole business out on, on social media because right. they were raised a certain way you know what I'm saying they not in tune with telling the person 
how they feel. They'll go to Facebook and tell a person how they feel. And it's like, how the person supposed to know how you feel if you're not directly tagging them or stuff like that. So, please, parents, teach your sons how to balance both. Be masculine, but also be need that feminine side too. You need both. Right, of, you need that's to, the two co creators of this whole universe. And that's why a lot of men don't know what empathy is or to show compassion for certain things because they're too strong, they're too hard. Right. You know what I'm saying? They don't they don't look at your situation as being coddling. They're like, man, if it happened to me and I sucked it up, then you should suck it up. But you shouldn't. You messed up just as much as I am for even mm-hmm. And I have a lot of friends that's like that. Actually, one of my closest homeboys was talking about this, and he was like, somebody told me I'm just too masculine. Like, And I was like, are you too hard to read? And I was like, because you are. You are too hard to read because of whatever happened in your life, you bottling it up and thinking that that's what a man supposed to do instead right. of voicing your, well, look, I don't like how you treat me. In a re- Let's go for a relationship standpoint. Mm-hmm. A lot go. of men don't know how to tell the women that they want how they, like, it's different for a woman to be like, I know he my husband, I want him, and he gonna have my children. We gonna get you right. eventually. Mm-hmm. But for men, it's hard for them to be empathetic and tell the woman that they like that how much that person means to them how much they mean to them. And I, I, you know, my homeboy was just, he'll come vent to me about stuff that he should be venting to his girl. Because now you telling your friend stuff that I should know. Right. And and she should know how you feel about this stuff. Mm -hmm. You should make that decision because I'm going to always feel a different way from how she feel. From how she feel. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to see it differently because I was raised different. I was raised to be hard and soft, just like um, some men need to be raised to be hard and soft. I'm raised hard and soft so I could see the perspective of how you feeling as a man because mm-hmm. I grew up with a lot of male cousins. I've seen it happen. We have more male. I have more male cousins than female cousins. So I've seen mm-hmm. th- and so I know how you should play it. But I also, as a woman, I know how you should come to a woman and say how you feel. You shouldn't be holding it in and drinking and drinking and then come to your female friend and try to vent and say, man, I hate, I hate, she do this. This That's nigga here, this nigga, because I had to tell my friend <laughs> to stop calling approach. her a bitch. I had to tell him to stop calling her a bitch because that's how mad he was about a situation. Right. I like, call her something else, but don't call her a bitch around me because that word is just like the any it's other degrading, word is you know degrading word so please stop using that in your vocabulary mm-hmm. but eventually he got grown tired of the situation and then he uplifted himself in the situation but still it's just so many obstacles that you go through and as men you can't cry I don't personally want to see you cry because then it'll make me cry what you know that song when I cried and you cried and we cried together we better cry (laughs) we're gonna get it out and we're gonna overcome we shall overcome I'm not a cry I'm not a crier myself so I (laughs) when I cry it shows that I'm really hurt or affected by it so when Mm -hmm. I'm crying some people be like, what's wrong with you? I remember he never heard me cry before, and I called him crying, and he was like, 
What the hell wrong with you? And my brother was in a car accident. And I had I had already tried to keep it together, but I had to call somebody because I felt myself about to have a panic attack. And right. then I kind of had a panic attack on the phone and was hyperventilating. That's why I was crying. So I had to call somebody closest to me to calm me down. I had to tell them the story. My, cousin, my brother just got in an accident, like, and my mama lose her oldest child. How this going to affect her? Because I had to be the one to tell her. And they called me. I'm like, first of all, how you got my number? But still, they called me. Had they not, I pr- we probably wouldn't have known. We would have went the whole day thinking where he at. And he ain't, he ain't show up. And now ever since that, that also makes anxiety things. So that's why I said, sometimes the toughness, let the... Let it let your guard down as far as men. You can let your guard down. Every woman Shout not out. To Kanye out. West and uh, Ty Dolla Sign. Right. Let your guard down. Let let yourself allow yourself to be vulnerable around other people so you can know the emotion and how you feel. That's why a lot of men don't understand or, or learn how to understand empathy. That's why when a woman is constantly telling them, like, you're not... Treat me, you're not doing this certain way. They don't understand it. It's foreign. Like, I'm paying the bills. I'm doing this, what you want me to do. But in reality, it's not. You're not showing the empathy. You're not showing me you upset, showing me you're going through something so I can know that what could, like Nipsey Hussle said, you got to learn your woman. You got to learn your man, too. So both works hand in hand. So you can learn what makes him upset, what makes him happy, what things he like. Because I feel like in the culture we live in, we don't show that. We don't show as far as... It's like passive, right? Right. Very passive. They don't show us how women actually cater to men in that empathy, trying to show. We, we do it a lot, but they don't show it how as far as how men receive it and how they do so much better with that. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, Steve Harvey is one of the masculinest men I've always seen. And he'll cry in a minute. And when Steve Harvey cried, that's how you know either he really feel a gratitude and it hit him in a certain way. Well, like they had this lady, a gospel lady came and said she would have never got through what she got through if it wasn't from you, Mr. Steve Harvey. And he was crying like he was crying. He was trying to hold them tears in, but he was just like... Letting them go And I was like yeah. I seen men Try to hold in tears And I'd be like Man let it go Like you gotta let it go You gotta let it out I had to tell a person Right here Mr. Dijon To let it go sometime Right after his Grandmother passed He was holding A lot of that stuff in We was drinking And I was like Man Let that shit go And he cried Like and he got a lot of female friends. So as far mm-hmm. as female, we very gradual. We all Embrace came them. together and was like, it's all right. You know, you're going to get through. We all lost somebody who we really care about. My eyes burning. Mm-hmm. But we all lost somebody who we really care about. And if you keep holding it in, you'll never get the closure you desire or just learn how to cope with the death of losing somebody closer to you. So I'm glad that he had friends as far as female friends that told him it was all right. But it's always females that's going to tell you. I want, uh, this is a question for both of y'all. All right. How many men in y'all life embraced y'all 
as far as when you wanted to show your empathetic side? Like, how many men just give you a big hug and be like, man, let me hug well, you. I'm going to tell you right now. And uh, how many men just be like, you know, it's going to be all right and allow you to cry and you, y'all hug it out? Like, how many men in your life have played I'm, that role? I'm only going to say one, and that's my brother Glenn Josh Johnson, G.G. Pondle. That's the only person that uh, embraced me, like, to, uh, like everything going to be all right, gave me that brotherly <laughs> hug, and it was just like, I have somebody I can cry my shoulder on and be strong for me in the toughest times, and I got to be, like, strong for him. It's like vice versa. It's like go hand-in-hand hand with each other. So every time when he went through something, I was there. You know, we embraced each other. And you know, another thing that I like to see is just black men in general hugging each other and embracing each other, like actual embrace. I feel like everybody try to make things so gay and stuff like that. Everybody like, try to say, just... oh, it's gay and all that. Bruh, gay in the definition of book means happy. Yeah, that's what it always means. It means happy. So mm-hmm. is if it's gay to be happy, so the fuck what? You gay too then. <laughs> okay. That's why I just can't stand like over overly masculine men. That's why I don't really like to deal with overly masculine men. Um, they're not really my type. But um to me, like it's okay. Like, you know, the question you asked. It would have to be my my stepdad, which is fuck my dad. Fuck, he was in my life yep. uh, as long as the the biological one. Right. But he showed me the the real definition of it's okay to be you know sensitive. It's okay to be empathetic and hugging, saying I love you. You know nothing is wrong with that. You know so. It, and then on top of that, it just yeah, it just mm. it grinds your gears whenever. It does. That's why I don't that that's why I go back and say like I like you know when like I guess like the older I'm getting I'm starting to realize different things and um becoming more wiser just becoming more wiser and you know basically you know a bit going back on the overly masculine men like they have a lot of men like that you know within this community and it's just like it's like they they try to over sexual over sexualize themselves as I even though I'm gay I still have two feel like a man. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So that's you. why they keep that masculine uh poker face up because it's like I can't show this person, you know, that I have a, a you know, a sensitive side, you know? And it's just right. crazy. And let me tell you one thing. To me, I've seen more gay men more masculine than more masculine men be masculine. Umber. Because gay men would Beat your ass and still still braid your hair afterwards. Like I told you not to play with me. (laughs) Now come on. And you blooded up and not and not but men, regular men are going be beefing with men for years and then then you won't see them together and all of a sudden you see them together again and now they it's like fraud to me. Right. Like embrace your brother, whether it's beefing or not beefing. You could disagree and, and and still love your brother. Don't push away somebody just because they feel different than you. They understand things different than you. Mm-hmm. They cry more than you do. They they laugh more than you do. 
We got to stop as a people, black, white, Asian, Mexican, whatever. We have to allow boys to cry, show empathy so they can be so they can know things when they have children. Right, so they right. can know when, when their son gone through the same thing and he crying and he don't understand it. And you could tell him, it's okay to, to cry, son, but we're going to get through it together and we're going to learn how to deal with it together. Right, right, right. But like I said, we can go on and on about this. But the tea got to be spilled, okay? Because John done drunk his tea and it is And I got to pee. Y'all say tea? I got a pee. Yeah. Right but, yeah, like, still in all, like, what's the tea? Spilleth the tea, Mr. Dijon. <laughs> because it's piping. So we got Nicole Murphy. If y'all already didn't get to see what was going on, please spill the beans about what was going on with the whole Nicole Murphy. Last week, she was caught kissing somebody who she claimed was a close family, a friend, but we all know that was a lie, like Marcy. DNA test proven that was a lie. So what's the tea? Spill the tea. <laughs> so uh, Nicole Murphy is... Just now she's apologizing about what she said was a close friend, but in all reality, well, family member, but all in reality, it wasn't. So Nicole Murphy trying to steal away married men from their wives is nothing new. So it says Lisa Ray McCoy, who claims... Shout out to TMZ for the info. <laughs> who claims to have personal experiences with her, but in, but in M's uh, calling BS denying all of it, we got the Players Club actress Wednesday and Ellie shortly after Nicole issued her apology to Lila uh, Roken after being uh, photographed kissing her hubby Antoine Fuqua and she didn't hold back one bit. She claims her then husband and Nicole were uh, hooking up. Uh, LRM was married to Turks and Keiko's politician uh, Michael Misek. From 2006 to 2008, Masik, whatever, however you say his name. He was the prince of the Kinkos Islands yeah. that she married him, had that big old wedding on BET, and we thought Lisa Ray had then finally became our first black princess, but <laughs> go ahead. So during her, uh, which rumors were alleged infidelity, but infidelity between Nicole and Michael surfaced, while Lisa Ray says they were more than rumors, she says they were facts. A source directly connected to Nicole tells us Nicole denies Lisa Ray's allegations. According to the source, Nicole says it's not true, says Lisa Ray's been saying that for years. There's no truth to that. Lisa Ray is also outraged at Nicole for the Antoine Foucault situation, calling BS on Nicole's initial comment that it was just a family type kiss and then pivoting, saying, uh, she was sorry and didn't know he was still married. Lisa Ray says Nicole full, uh, full well knew Antoine was married and it was a gross betrayal of trust. Um, and then there's the subject of home wrecking. Lisa Ray doesn't quite go there, but her accusations are uh, mighty close. Lisa Ray commented on an article about Nicole and Antoine saying, girl, at Nicole, at Nikki Murphy, you went after I am Layla Rukin, husband too. Shaking my head so wrong again. 
my whole thing about this whole messy situation is Nicole, for one, don't nobody kiss their family members. Not, I mean, you have people that kiss their family members on the lips, but not passionate. How you doing, girl? So you need and to, not two different angles, right. sitting on and standing up, like girl, right. find your own man. So this uh-huh. my thing is, it's just the fact that she got caught and now she's trying to pivot and she's trying to basically cover it up and and say it's something else. But my thing is, girl, if you're sleeping with a, if you're sleeping with married men and that's your thing, own up to it. Like don't. You better just step right. Up to the be a big woman. Plate. Put your big girl's drawers on, and then just handle the backlash that you're getting from it. What yeah, y'all think yeah. about this, though? Well, you already know my full one care about the whole Nicole Murphy situation. I feel like, girl, get your own man. Like, okay, okay. <laughs> like, come on. Like, I mean. Look, nothing ain't wrong with getting somebody else mad. Right. And let right. me rephrase that. Okay. Okay, because people <laughs> are like, girl, let me take note. She said there ain't, ain't nothing wrong with that. Oh. Hold on. When they're divorced, mm-hmm. not and if they've been separated for years and no emotional attachment, but we all know men. We know men lie to get what they want. And what they want ultimately be sex from a beautiful woman like Nicole. He didn't probably told that lady, yeah, me and her been separated for 15 years. And even though they've been married for 20, we didn't stay in the same bed and all that stuff. But word on the street is homegirl have lupus and he been cheating on her with Nicole this whole time and she thinking her marriage is good and the TMZ tell her baby you want to go check them DMs okay Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day and just like I said remember they had a man who left his wife when she was sick and had had got with a whole nother woman and stuff like that like that's just wrong like you supposed to be. You supposed to ask questions period as a woman you supposed to ask questions so how long y'all been together Okay, uh, y'all how long you said y'all the mess stop messing with? Okay, so y'all stop messing in what month? Two thousand. What what year? <laughs> when, when when her birthday is? Nah. When his birthday is? <laughs> like <laughs> you know, like you gotta ask questions. Like you you can't just like oh you y'all been together. Let me kiss you. Yeah, you don't kiss no. But men lie, women lie, but still no, he married. You shouldn't have been messing with somebody that's married because. Like they say, what goes around comes around. Shout out to Beyonce. Mm-hmm. I got that one right, dude. What goes around, <laughs> comes back around. But, my babe. That was you said, babe? No. Yeah, 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 yeah. She did say that. But, girl, Lisa Ray. Oh, you you did both yeah, at the same. same. Yeah, it was the same thing. Oh, so, it is, so Lisa Ray did say, like, girl, you mess with my man too. Like, stop lying. But they said, Lisa Ray, they said they ain't got no info on you. You might, come on now. Like, now, you better not be trying to just don't jump. Do don't don't add. Too. Yeah, don't be me too. She He cheated on she me too. She cheated on with my husband too. But, uh, John, what, talking about people taking other people a man and just getting caught with other people's man. John was was caught with another one of court uh Chloe's Kardashian men in the nightclub, right? Oh, so wow. spill the 401k about Miss John Woods and being spotted with uh Harden. Okay, so this one um is coming from TMZ as well. Jordan Woods likes what Chloe Kardashian likes. Starts on the whole world because she's uh hanging with another 
of Chloe's exes, Kylie Jenner's former bestie, danced and smoked hookah alongside NBA star James Harden in Houston Wednesday night. And if they're not uh, keeping track, Harden's another ex-boyfriend of Chloe's. We're told Jordan and James were partying together at Belly Station and were cozying up in the same boot at one point Jordan stood up and danced in front of him while taking a hookah uh, a hookah hit. Mm. We're told the two have hung out in the past per Chloe's split with Tristan and Jordan alleged told friends Chloe was cool with it. Our sources say Chloe never knew well never even knew about it. What's un- what's unclear is if Jordan and James have taken it a step further. Mm. Um, Chloe Kardashian took to Twitter and said, why are you lying at Jordan Woods if they're going to try and save yourself by going public instead of calling me uh, privately to apologize first? At least be honest and yeah, tell the about truth. your tell story. The truth. By the way, you are the reason my family broke up. Mm. Jordan took... Um, to Twitter. No, mm-hmm. she took... Well, Jordan took to heart... For con- uh, contributing of the breakup of Chloe's family after alleged cheating with her baby daddy Tristan Thompson at a house party, Woods claimed it was just innocent fun, though, and said he only kissed her once. Mm-hmm. Chloe first blamed Jordan for destroying her fam, mm-hmm. then took it back. Things got so bad between Jordan and Kylie. Kylie kicked Jordan out of her house, uh, out of her guest house, and then they say, "Lamar, you've been warned." <laughs> You've been the one. With that as well, the same thing with Nicole Murphy. My thing is, girl, if you're gonna sleep with people, man, like own up to it. But to me, this is different. I'm about to say because they're not married. And James Harden (laughs) and Khloe Kardashian are not together together for like a split second. So he is up for keeps. Like you know, what they need to realize is in the in the in that type of industry, everybody dates the same person. It's just like like now, like everybody dates the same girl. Everybody dates the damn boy. Everybody sucking, eating some the same damn person Mm, you didn't mm, suck and mm. ate. So my thing is, Khloe, you cannot get mad. Don't blame that girl about your breakup. Your Mm -hmm. man is a hoe. He been a hoe and he always be a hoe. And we've been trying Whoa. to tell you that, okay? <laughs> but here's my thing, just like you said. Um, we talked about her, but we didn't talk about this. Man, this just happened recently about her. We probably we mm. probably did. No, what happened? Did we? Mm. Let me see. Because it, it just seemed like so... No, we didn't. We didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about it. But still, at the end of the day... Um, this is why I say it's different. Chloe mm-hmm. Kardashian not married to her baby daddy. She not married to James Harden. So if a per, let's put it, let's fast forward. You can't blame, you can't blame the girl for something. Your boyfriend, who's supposed to show the most loyalty to you, did. He right. kissed her. Even just because it, even even because it just because it was her, you can't blame her. It's so easy to blame the person like Nicole and her because they're the person who should know better. But you gotta blame the husband mm-hmm. who stepped out of his marriage, who knew he was married, who knew you was sick, who knew all this, and you gotta blame Tristan Thompson because Tristan Thompson been cheating, and everybody tell you that basketball players like that that's 
in the limelight think they could do what they want to do. Think they could just go sleep with girls and nothing ain't going to get back. Nobody ain't going to tell you until them girls get hooked on that piñon oh, and, and be wanting oh, yo, more yo. And, then, and then get you in trouble like Kevin Hart. <laughs> Kevin Hart wouldn't have got in trouble if they would have kept it on a hush. But obviously people... People want what they want, but just like I said, you can't keep blaming Jordan for one year, man, because you're not you never was married to Jordan James Harden. He got open field to be with whoever he, he wants. He wasn't married to Tristan either. He, and wasn't? she not she not oh, she wow. not married the to him. The only married person she married and look and that boy. Um what's his name? No, Reggie Bush? no, no, no. No, that's Chris. That's Kim. Oh, that's oh, the wrong cat. Well, but here's what it is: she give she would she reap what she sowed because when Lamar Odom, when they got together, Lamar Odom was in a whole relationship and he left his oh. baby mama to be with her. Married each other in thirty days. Didn't know each other. Didn't know nothing about each other. Married each other in thirty days, and then she found out he a whole crackhead. But now you doing you getting done what you did. Mm-hmm. So what goes around? Come around, baby. You can't get mad at Jordan. That's why I'm going to stay at home. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa, dude! I'm not trying to be like Chloe out here um, stressing and crying because my man cheating on me when all the time that I was doing that with other people. Get me. Right. Let's call it what it is. <laughs> a pot always trying to call a kettle black. Right. Like, my thing is if you're going to do it, do it. Like, don't do it and then. Like, try to hide face of, like, oh, girl, I'm sorry for doing this, and I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You knew. You fucking knew. Like, that's my whole thing. Mm-hmm. But moving on from these cheating assholes. <laughs> you skizzles. <laughs> <laughs> Little Nas X has made history with the longest number one album. And I recently read that he really... Put his whole heart and soul into this album. That, that one song, he found the beat on YouTube. One Whoa. of those, one of those YouTube free beats that you could do. He wrote the song. Uh, long story. I'm telling the story. I'm gonna let you read more. But he had a limited amount of time to get up out of his um, sister house. He was sleeping on the sister couch, Whoa. and he took the beat. He made the beat into what it is: the longest running number one. In history. In history. Not black history, not Asian history, not Mexican history, white history, in history. And so you you mean to tell me he don't deserve that uh, country music award by now? Oh, he need that. Uh, he you know need that. He definitely he need that. It. He didn't he didn't succumb all of the wannabe country stars and stuff like that. Ain't never had a long and your first song, number one. On all charts. On all charts. The longest running song. He didn't outbeat Mariah Carey, Beyonce. He didn't... All the greats that we listen to right now, his one song is the longest top charted song. He got other songs that people don't even listen to. Like, I just heard... I was like, that's him. They like, so yeah. So you need to tell me he outbeat Baby Shark? Baby Shark. Do-do-do? Do-do-do. Do. Oh, 
And I'm sick of both of them damn songs. That song and Old Town Road. But congratulations are in order to Lil Nas X. Congrats. The Old Town Road has just gone down in history. After months of continuously breaking records, Lil Nas X's massive hit song has officially broken a record for most weeks at number one, dethroning Mariah Carey's One Sweet Day and Louis Fonza, or whatever you say, how you say his last name. Daddy Yankee and Justin Bieber's uh, song as well. If you thought Old Town Road was going any well, going away anytime soon, you definitely thought wrong. Damn, mm-hmm. I was hoping that it did. As a poorly <laughs> by complex, the song has managed to break years long, uh, years years long Billboard records. Most notable, Mariah Carey's "Once We Day," which held the record of the most weeks at number one. With 16 for her 1995 hit single with Boys to Men, Lil Nas X has spent a whopping 17 weeks with the number one song in the country, meaning that not only has he made chart history, he has also, well, he's also in shoe-in for multi- well, multiple um, Billboard Music Awards in 2020. The only thing left for Lil Nas X to do now is to sit back and see just how high his song can climb the charts. Will uh, he cap out at 17 or will he make it to 20 weeks at number one? We'll have to wait and see. And I really do believe that it will get to 20 weeks. Um, the, song is just a, the song is just a hit in itself. Like the kids go crazy. When they play that song, um, it's just I'm 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 happy for him, even though I'm getting really sick of the song. And he has other songs out. Me and one of my friends were talking about this uh, last night, and I was like, "Well, he does have other songs out. It's just this song is just popular, so it's mm-hmm. like you're going to hear this song over all the time. So just like you said, uh, it'll hit twenty. It may hit. It may surpass twenty. And I believe all of those nominations that he's going to be nominated for, I believe he's going to win every single one. Right, right, right. And with that, like, the compassion behind the whole Old Town Road song, how it was created, he had, like I said, he had to, he had to get out he had to get out um, his parent, his sister's house. He had a an awful amount of time that he had to get out. He said he actually ended up leaving in about December. He never thought this song would be what it was, and then it became what it was. And it was just like uh, it was just like a dream come true that this one song made number one and turned his life, changed his life for the better. But y'all, please tell me. Who the hell then stole T- Taraji's identity? Because the lady that stole her identity don't even look like Taraji. Like, how did they take Taraji's in, uh, identity? Like, like how? Spill the tea. So this is coming straight from the messy shade room. So a pregnant mother of six is now fighting a felony charge after prosecutors (laughs) accused her of stealing the identities of several people, including Taraji P. Henson. According to the Chicago uh, Turban, 29-year-old Alicia Newby has been charged with a single felony count of counting a financial crime and enterprise. 
Uh, prosecutors say Alicia somehow hacked Taraji's email, racking up to $12,000 in fraudulent charges. Once this was done, the um, defendant then uh, raided the account for a variety of information, says Assistant State Attorney James Castillo. He adds Alicia accessed Taraji's phone numbers, addresses, financial accounts, and telephone numbers that she could use to purchase items online. Um, prosecutors say Taraji's team reportedly noticed fraudulent charges appearing on several of her accounts shortly after they contacted Chicago police, saying items were being shipped to two Southside addresses under names they did not recognize. A postal worker alleged refused to deliver packages to one of the addresses some months back, assuming it was part of an identity theft scam. Prosecutors say Alicia went to the post office and assaulted the uh, counter in an attempt to obtain the items. Uh, investigators soon learned that Alicia had utilities in her name mailed to both addresses and that she obtained at least at one of the homes. They have also uncovered multiple other victims to Alicia's crime. Alicia is also accused of committing uh, fraud at J.P. Morgan Bank, American mm -hmm. Express, PayPal, and several other companies. Alicia hearing uh, was quiet, short, well, quite short, as the judge granted her release on ten thousand dollars signature bail and electronic monitoring. She is, however, forbidden from uh, contacting victims or witnesses. She is also due back to court next week. Stay with us. At, uh, stay with us at this story continues to develop roomies and um what's the word Listen. yes because the word is gonna be spilt you heard mm -hmm. baby how how you gonna go to the post office and cut up knowing you're not that person baby if i didn't get the package i wouldn't just got the package okay <laughs> like you call you called your own Crime, like you did it to yourself. Like, please, you do the crime, you, you do, do the, the time. time. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, this first of all, the girl don't even look you seen that L. Like, she don't even look like her at all. Like, well, she need to get her the... face beat. She should, she should have got her <laughs> face done while taking to right. First like of all, struck by lightning. all these people can wow. hack into celebrity accounts and all that. When y'all gonna hack into Sally Mae mm -hmm. so I can stop having to pay these loans? Please hack into calling they my phone. Please hack ah. into their system. Please reverse all our student loan debt. Because y'all like hacking into the wrong thing. Nobody don't want you to be hacking into Roger. What's a Roger going to do? Nothing. But you can save millions of lives by hacking in Sally me. Sally me. Okay? Mm -hmm. And I ain't, I ain't saying go hack into it now because now they're going to be listening to they us. They're going to be listening to us. Hey. Don't. Hey. Please. So we don't have to pay them bills. But. <sighs> Your girl Wendy, huh? She got a nice bio, uh, a bi a biography. I don't know why they be saying biopic. Like people know how to say that. I be biopic, biopic, whatever it is. She got a nice little uh, documentary movie, like Whitney coming out about her life. So spill tea about. Ain't he Whitney? You know that's Wendy. Oh, oh Whitney Houston is flipping it. She is 
is flipping right now. She is flipping because I call Wendy Whitney. She cursing me out right now. I'm sorry, Whitney. I'm sorry, Whitney. I'm sorry. All right? Because she going to call a show. Let me tell you one thing. Don't don't be this, this uh, 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 huh? Don't, don't be uh, confusing me with Miss Williams, Wendy Williams, okay? But Wendy Williams got a biography movie coming out. What's the tea, Mr. D. John? Girl, so Auntie Wendy is, uh, she got a story about her life coming out. So the Wendy Williams uh, biopic is going to be crazy as hell. We've learned the movie will focus on the highs and lows of her rise to fame, sex, cocaine, date rape, and fat That's shaming. shaming. Uh, Lifetime sources tell TMZ the, bio, the biopic uh, spans her life from ages 10 to 55, covering... Uh, Super intimate topics like the coke habit, sex romps, fat shaming from her family, and a never-before-told story of date rape at the hands of a chop-tarting, topping artist. Also on the table, according to our sources, her experiences with racism and sexism in Hollywood details from her marriage to Kevin Hunter, as well as her divorce and her relationship with, with Monique. Wendy and Will Packer will be producing the biopic, dubbed just Wendy, while Wendy and Leah uh, Davenport will write the screenplay. The talk show host gave us little info about this uh, movie this week, telling her uh, photograph uh, she wants all of the actors to be relevant, uh, relevantly unknown, so mm -hmm. they don't take away from the, her story. Our sources say there will be at least two different Wendy's in the movie, and she ain't uh, and she ain't one of them. Mm -hmm. Just Wendy will air sometime next year on Lifetime, and if it's anything like her real life, it's going to be epic. Let me play one of the Wendy's since <laughs> 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 since since that's the case. Cause you know how you messed up a little uh biopic. Let me be one of let me let me be one of the Wendy's since they're gonna have two different types of Wendy's. Let me be one of the Wendy's, okay? Cause uh I I, I need to be one of the Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> for real, for real. Cause uh if that's the case, let me mess it up. But I ain't gonna mess it up. I'm gonna be an Academy Award winning stage play. Now, with now that, dating. Kiss Calhoun <laughs> as Wendy Williams. <laughs> yeah, I will be. <laughs> let me be the the adult Wendy. Let me be the adult Wendy. <laughs> let me. <laughs> I'm gonna be tall enough. She she had a different Aaliyah. Aaliyah didn't that mean that Missy Elliott was skinny in the movie. Let, let, man, let me be Wendy. I ain't gotta be. I ain't gotta be. Come on. <laughs> Missy Elliott didn't lose weight until after Wendy. I mean, after Aaliyah died, and they had a skinny Missy Elliott. So let me be a short Wendy, and you can make me look taller. Who gonna play her? Laverne Cox. That's the only person I can see. Hey, why you playing? That'll be a good Wendy. Right, well, right. You know? She already got it. She uh, the bass in her voice. Mm -hmm. The Vern Cox could play that Wendy. I think it'll be a good move. Right. I I think it. Serious, not joking, right here. Not joking. We're really serious. Laverne Cox for Whitney I'm, Williams. Right. I'm dubbing Laverne Cox to play Wendy, the adult Wendy, in the Just Wendy biopic. Wendy, if you're mm -hmm. listening, girl. 
I think that'll be a good move. But I do. You I gotta do, get your girl over. I do Make your move, like sis. She wants relatively unknown people to play, so it won't take away from it. Cause mm-hmm. you know, if you have big names in it, ain't nobody gonna really be worried about the story. But. Laverne Cox is kind of well known, but still, but I feel like, like she, right. yeah, she all right. Like she's not, you know, everybody just everybody know her from you know being a you know a transgender woman and being on Orange Is the New Black. Um, but, but to be Wendy Williams, right? That'll probably really set her up for like a lot of roles. And a lot like of openings playing. and opportunities. Yeah, and then look, hold up, let me get this straight. Mm-hmm. And then when she get the part, I don't want none of y'all talking about. And I'm talking to the women. Don't be talking about, oh, they trying to make trans women play real women. Look here. Mind the business that pays you. Mm-hmm. We want Laverne to play A.T. Wendy because that's the only person we know that could play Wendy that's going to play good and actually... The divaness of Laverne Cox is right. what I'm looking at. So we don't care who play it. Just get Laverne Cox. I think I'll watch that. Don't get no unknown people. If you get Laverne Cox to play you, Wendy, that's going to be a movie to remember about your life, especially because she probably could connect right, with you. You don't never know what Laverne was doing when she was trying to transition as a woman. She probably was doing the same thing. Probably even got date raped, too. Because, baby, I'm trying to figure out who date raped uh, Wendy. Who slipped her Mickey and, and rode that train? Okay, because that's some long legs right there. Sugar, 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 For sugar, real, sugar. I want, that's a lot of women. I want to know who took advantage of Wendy. And, and I definitely want to see the part of about, about the marriage and all that stuff because her husband is definitely a low down, dirty dog. And his son beat the shit out of him. And that's what you put. Lay hand. $1,800. Beat his ass, okay? But I definitely want to see that movie. Like, I think. I think I'm going to watch it. I'm not a big Wendy Williams I mean, fan, but I'm going to be like, hmm. yeah, we got to. We got to, and we're going to do a movie review. Like, how y'all feel about the Wendy? We're going to go live on what's the word. Like, oh, my God, it's going to be something to be watching. But Speaking of movies, they got the Harry Tubman um, movie. Oh, they sure do got the Harriet Tubman movement. They could have had me casted as Moses. <laughs> I could have played Harriet t- uh, cast me. Long before we get off subject. Yes, good. Well, uh, Nicki Minaj and her new boo have um, took a step forward into the altar. They apparently allege uh, have gotten their marriage license in Los Angeles. Ooh. Although it's all on the low. The download, well, it not, it's not no more because it hit TMZ, so you know we're about to get everything in your face. But sources <laughs> with uh, knowledge tell TMZ Nikki and Kenneth Petty, who is her boo, uh, took a trip together to the Bev Hills courthouse Monday. Witnesses say they saw Nikki and her boo in the ma- at the marriage license uh, bro window, and they got the paperwork they need to tie the knot. Nikki and Kenneth uh, were trying to keep a low profile inside the courthouse as they waited in line at a window that read marriage licenses and ceremony uh, apps only. And uh, Kenneth paid for the license before they left. Nikki was wearing a ball cap. But it's hard to hide that uh, knee-length white ass. red dude. 
Because <laughs> she had she had like red hair in her head uh, currently. It's uh, interesting. Back in June, Nikki said on her Cream Radio show that she and Kenny had already gotten their marriage license. No word on when Nikki and Kenny will make it official, but typically, the license is pulled bef- uh, shortly before the nuptials. A li- a marriage license is good for a prox- uh, maximum of 90 days. Nikki and Kenneth began dating last year after rekindling their flame from their teen years. I didn't know that. This will be Nikki's first marriage. Well, congratulations to you, yeah, Nikki. That's good. You and your finest man. Oh, so that's why it was so easy to take him you know, to ain't that the same dude supposed to be a convicted felon and yeah. stuff like that? Like, so they actually dated before. So that's just probably a, I know how that feels. She dumb. I mean, nah, I'm not dumb. I mean, I mean, well, that that must have meant the truth. This shit, I, I, I ain't really meant to say she was dumb, but still, that must have meant the truth. Then. <laughs> I meant to say, shit, now I don't know what I meant to say, shit. But shit, that's cute or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like, you know, whatever. First of all, nigga, how you going to be hiding your appearance when everybody know that ass? Like, you should have just sent him in. We don't know him. Send him in to get the license so y'all can sign it together and y'all have somebody notarize it for you. You ain't got to go in. Mm Mm-hmm. To me, I just be feeling like all that damn stuff be publicity stunts. Like, most of everybody going to know who you are. So it's like, why are you trying to keep it on a hush? Like, you're going in the middle of the day. You're going to one of the most popping places in the world. Like, yeah. come on now. Everybody going to see. I just feel like y'all went in there so people could talk about it. That, that's just my point. Like, anything all, like with all of this, right, anything it, with all of this celebrity stuff, like... It's just too but to keep the buzz about them, to keep people talking about them. So from the good and the bad. Absolutely. But mm-hmm. congratulations to y'all. Yeah, man. If you like it, then he gotta love it, okay? Oh yeah. Well let's go ahead and move along to this um girl have Army Hammer's wife. Um I know a lot of y'all have been seeing this thing about uh his son like putting his toes in his mouth and heads. A lot of people talking about it. So um, here's an update from 12.33 p.m. Um, I want to say this was yesterday. Mm-hmm. But um, Army Hamer's wife, Elizabeth Chambers, has responded to the widespread interest and criticism over their kids sucking on dad's toes. In response to someone on Instagram, she wrote, it wasn't seven minutes, more like five seconds. She went on to say our son likes to play with people's feet. And I put the video on our family stream because the phase is an ongoing joke. Sharing that the video on Instagram was deaf, not the best move on A's part. But I can assure you that our children's safety and well-being is always our first priority. Mm -hmm. If you thought Tom Brady kissing his son on the mouth was weird, uh, wait till you get a load of Army Hammer hammer and his toe-sucking kiddo blows the bread bunch out of the water. The actor posted a video of his Instagram on his Instagram story Saturday that showed a pretty uh, gnarling sight. His two-year-old son, Ford, sucking his dad's toes, big one included. In the since-expired clip, Army is uh, being recorded uh, presumably uh, by his wife, Elizabeth Chambers lying down on a couch 
with his boy on the other end and the kid's mouth on two of his uh, pop's toes. Looks like Ford's really uh, trying to get more in there, too. Um, at the time, Army captured uh, the clip. This uh, happened for a solid seven minutes. Foot, uh, he pop, he um, put a hashtag and he said, foot fetish on fleek. And the women on the video wow. jokingly notes, this is not normal. Oh, uh, yeah, it we might have to done. agree with you there. Lots of people have uh, had lots to say before the toe sucking. But truthfully, there's really uh, not much to add other than to each their to each their own bottom line, Army and his son are close, uh, just like TB is with his kids. Um, y'all recall Tom was filming giving his ten year old son a peck on the lips during a segment from his Facebook series Time versus uh, Timey, uh, Time. I'm sorry, which mm. uh, tons of folks were weirded out by. Can't say from uh, such well. Can't say much for sure which one caused more of a stir, but there's both up there. Um, to me, the thing with the Tom Brady thing, mm-hmm. nothing is wrong with you know giving your son or your daughter a peck on the lips. You know, a lot of parents. And first of all, that's your bloodline. Right. Every, every parents do that, but um, to me with the toe sucking thing, I don't really that's too far. See a prop. Well, I don't see a problem with it, but to me. I wouldn't, let me finish, I wouldn't right. post stuff like that. If your child have a thing with sucking your toes or whatever <laughs> y'all do in the privacy of your home, right. stop posting that stuff on social media, y'all. No people are going to give their opinions, y'all. No people are going to say things about it. the memes don't come. The memes don't come. Oh, and then God. what you saying with the foot fetish thing on fleek, like that's, that's, that's nasty. Not, that's not Just cool. like we was talking before, we, uh, before the show started, it's like you have to be careful with stuff like that because you have people... You have pedophiles out there that, you know, they, they love, they stuff, love like stuff like that. And it's like they get off by stuff like that. So right. you just have to be careful what you post. Mm-hmm. Not saying, you know, some things, it just needs to stay private. If that's what your child like to do, keep that private. Don't post that stuff. Right, you just right. got to be careful because and even then, though that, that was on your story, mm-hmm. somebody quick to screen. Oh, let me screen record this. And then so you guys see how it may of affect. people have that and it's already out there. It's it's too late. Even though it disappeared, it's still in people's phone because most people didn't probably already screen recorded that. But what do y'all think about this whole situation? Well, how I feel about it, like it's going to, uh, like that kid going to eventually probably see that down the line. And, and be then like, like I, I was really I, sucking my daddy's toes. And then you got People that might see him and like you was that toe sucking kid, mm-hmm. and I was, and then it might have him traumatized, like because a lot of people gonna do a lot of nitpicking and just calling him all types of names. He gonna have to deal he, with he that. Might, he might get you know? a nickname nickname at school mm. for being a toe sucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, the girls gonna love him. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody gonna love him, not just the girls, <laughs> but <laughs> Second, please, but, me, babe. but like uh, my whole, <laughs> my whole 401k about that is like the reason why I have a problem with it is because your feet touch the ground, touch more things, what if he and had draw, fungus on like right, oh, you, he could have at least foot, and that mm. kid got it all in. Thrash is real, and thrash could kill a kid because oh they antibodies is not strong in their body. You touch your feet, then touch 
a whole bunch of stuff before your hands do because you constantly walking and it's like you letting him you letting him and this not not this not no this not no lick like he was just licking he had a toe in his mouth two and he was he was trying to put the whole foot in his mouth like Oh, that's just so. It's just it's not nothing wrong with it, but it's just more of a. It's like disgusting that you will allow your dirty toenails and all that to be in your child's mouth. That is just nasty. But y'all out here, not only that, you're gonna be mad if somebody kiss them. They don't like when their children get kissed. No. Oh, what what you been sucking on? You. Yo toes That's what I've been sucking on <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Let me kiss my granddaughter Or somebody You know what I'm saying that, that, That's gone And not only that It just make it bad Because you put You put in the caption Footage fe- yeah, fo- on f- uh, Feet and footage on fleet And it's everywhere There are pedophiles On the on the thing That because you had Hashtag that They could go straight to that And always see Just because it's erased it's not erased. It's not erased. It's not erased. It's saved into the history of the phone. So you can always go back and constantly get it, even if it deleted, even mm-hmm. if it's... They can get into a phone. How you think they get these old leaks of celebrities uh, naked and shit? That be stuff that happened years ago. And then they... Just like Twitter, they'll pull up shit from years ago. So you think they can't pull up your son sucking toes from years ago? I'm surely... It's probably already on Pornhub because you right. you hashtagged right. it as a fetish. Yeah, I'm so putting it out there now. I think they I got food fetishes uh, on Pornhub. <laughs> like they have food fetishes on Pornhub. Mm-hmm. So now there's going to have a short clip of your son sucking, your sucking toes. toes on Pornhub or X videos or whatever. I don't know all the websites, but I'm just <laughs> saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, still, it's just, it's just, ugh. It's just, ugh. Disgusting. All right, and our last. Uh, hot topic on the night. Oh. Um, it's Titus uh, Biggerus, and I hope I say his last name right. But um, Bigger. basically, he was on the um the Andy Cohen show, mm. and Andy Cohen asked him about um working with Eddie Murphy. Now, a lot of people know that Eddie Murphy got a lot of flag about his comments about uh, gay people. Right, right. Um, so Titus just kind of spoke about his experience and I wanted to play this video for everybody that um, didn't hear it right. and didn't well, hear what he said had to say about the whole situation. So we're going to play this video and then we're just going to kind of going to talk about this. Hopefully it'll play. Okay, okay. Text from Danielle T. Uh, Want to know the funniest or craziest thing Eddie Murphy has done on set of your new movie? How cool that you're making a movie, movie with Eddie Murphy. I did a movie with Eddie Murphy. Wow. It's called uh, My Name is Dolomite. It comes out in the fall. Oh, that's yes. awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. We just got into the uh, Toronto uh, National Film Festival. Wow. Yeah. Was he um, cool to work with? He was you? wonderful to work with. He is a brilliant man, and I'm so excited that uh, for all the people who, younger generations who do not know Eddie Murphy. Yes. Well, 
learn why he's a legend that he is. Did you get to chat with him at all? Because he was very... Of course I did. Why wouldn't I? Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, now I just wonder if you got close at all, because he was very problematic for the gays at one point when I was coming Oh, up I see. Like... He wasn't problematic for Titus. Good. Um, <laughs> and uh, we had a wonderful time. Yeah, and we yeah, well, talked good. about Dreamgirls and, and oh, good. should have won the Oscar, I believe. Yes. So uh, he was great. And any troubles he may have had with gay people, I guess they're gone because he loved me. Good. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So, yeah, like, just like Laverne said, you know, people can evolve. So, I mean, I, how long ago was that? Because I don't really, you know, that was my first time hearing about But, that. yeah, people definitely, you got to give people, like I said, ignorance is bliss. And sometimes it might be a bad situation he had with somebody that was gay that he just put all the gays into one that barrel. I mean, like I said, people do it all the time, though, but you can't really fault the person. You just fault the experience and how they learn and stuff like that. And obviously, he, like I said, he didn't discriminate when it came to him. And he actually had a good time being on a set and working with, with Eddie Murphy. I feel like like I said early in the show, just because somebody don't agree with your lifestyle or agree with everything you do and he just got a bad opinion about something, stop taking people's opinion as fact. Stop allowing somebody's opinion of you to dictate your life. And obviously he didn't allow Eddie Murphy's opinion of gays to stop him from working because his opinion don't matter when it's time to make some money, okay? Man, you want the coins. I want the coins. I don't the care bang. about the money. I Run don't care about how you feel. Tits. Let's just get in. Just as long as you respect me, I respect you. Right, right. So that's all it is. You got to give people their respect and they got to first earn uh, your yeah. and honor the respect that was given. So shout out to Eddie Murphy for just doing what he do best, becoming the greatest of all time. And I yeah. like McDonald's. <laughs> I like McDonald's. <laughs> but, uh Today was an awesome show, you guys. Yes, indeed. Uh, shout out to everybody supporting us, fans, family, mm. and all that, because that's definitely important. That is what gives us the strength to be us, to do us, to give y'all great shows and continuing on with our legacy and stuff. Shout out to all of the sinners. Shout out to L Spitter for Whoa, being yo, our, our special guest ah. of today. Thanks for like sharing your story and uh, definitely actually definitely. just coming on the show and being standing, still standing. We all are still standing through trials and Shout out to everybody. You, know? uh, you want to give out a few shout outs? Go ahead. And you know, I'm always say shout out to God. You know what I'm saying? If it wasn't for God and the close people he put around me, I wouldn't be nothing. I would just be just nothing. <laughs> uh, but go ahead. Go ahead. And um, to uh, the people out there that's listening to What's the Word, you know what I'm saying? Just, I just love what's going on here, and I see this going real, real far. And we're gonna be talking about this 20 years down the line, 40 years in wheelchairs and all that stuff. But I feel like I'm still kiss would not be in a wheelchair. I, I, I think I'm gonna keep it going. I'm gonna see. I'm still gonna be status off. Let me reject that universe because the universe will serve that. Don't you? I rebuke. I rebuke. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, DJ, go ahead, give your love for 1K shout outs to everybody. 
I was just about to shout out to everyone. It was fun, but it's time to go. So long. Farewell. And until next you. time, <laughs> I hope y'all continue to listen to us. Follow us at What's the Word on Instagram at Yo What's the Word and Facebook at Yo What's the Word. And also, if you're a feature artist and you want your music to be played during our show, Send us your music at what's the word 504 at gmail.com because we'll definitely start to promote music on our show. We actually want background music and stuff to, other than, you know, instrumental beats and stuff. Mm-hmm. So if we could take a commercial break without, you know, pulling it all the way through with a song or something, send us a song at what's the word 504 at gmail.com. Uh, as usual, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. Shout out to L Spitter. Thank you, thank you. Cause he's a real nigga. Like <laughs> Jay Goldmine, Goldmine. <laughs> and shout out to D John for also always being an extraordinary host. Mm-hmm. Shout out to myself because without me, this show wouldn't be what it is today. <laughs> so as always, peace and love. We'll holla. You're